I mean, yeah, we're we're gone. We're good. Hey guys. Are um, we recording on this? Did you press record? Well, no, no it that, doesn't work when you do that. We're okay. all right. In three, two, <laughs> two one. one. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Crosscut Cinema. My name is Logan. I'm Madison. And I'm I Bri- beat Franny to it. Mm. I'm Bree. I'm Franny. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the audio quality has gone up a whole bunch since the last video. I'd like to thank Frugal's Bees for letting us know that we had to. <laughs> Update that audio. <laughs> we're we're big boy podcasters now, we are, baby. Yeah. Right in. Last it. time we were baby podcast. No more. We're we're a grown man. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, for everybody who watched our first podcast, thank you so much. Um, it really kind of made us step in and and really give an effort to improving the pod, and also it really kind of energized us. So thank you guys so much. Um, oh, and for listening. anybody who knew. Thank you for checking us out now. Um, don't go back to... No, I'm just kidding. You can go back to that last one. It's just not going to sound as good as this one. Um, <laughs> just know the personality and the heart is there. It's all there. It's all it there. It is. There's tons of me like drinking water and like pouring things and eating, you know, talking with my mouth full. It's really endearing. You might hear a dog or is two. It, is it endearing? I, I, I thought so. I mean, I don't know. Are, are you endeared? I feel um, like I'm giving that. You endear yourself to you. Yeah. Nice. Like, um, so what do we do? What do we do? We watch movies. That's true. We do. What else do we do? We talk about them. Yeah. Just barely. What's the third thing that we do? Answer our own questions. Sometimes I sleep. Yeah. Sometimes so, yeah. Franny sleeps. Especially sleep. if we're <laughs> recording a podcast or watching a movie just in the middle of doing that. Franny will just knock out. Hey guys, I like my sleep. Sue me. I think, so we're going to be talking about two movies today. I think we should go with Jojo Rabbit. No, actually, let's do Lighthouse first because yeah. there's strong opinions. It's swirling in the air. Oh. The funny thing about about us talking about sleeping is that in both of these movies, Franny fell asleep during Lighthouse in the theater, and Bridget fell asleep during Jojo Rabbit also in the theater. Hey, like, now, my sleep during Lighthouse was by choice. It's the only <laughs> way I could tolerate staying in that cinema. I wonder how Franny feels about Lighthouse. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Imagine paying $10 to go see a movie and then you just fall asleep. <laughs> I was I was struggling, okay? I, you paid $10 to see a movie and then you fell asleep. You wasted... You paid $10 for a nap. Right, you wasted money your well money. well spent. I was only asleep for like 10 minutes or so. Still. If that. It's not great. All right, whatever. We're talking about Lighthouse. So, with yeah. Lighthouse, I have, I have a confession to make about Lighthouse. I had an opinion on it. That changed. And my opinion was that um, I just felt like a lot of the like metaphors and visuals were kind of in reference to like a like overall strong like sexual in like undertones. But my opinion was that it was just an overall sexual undertones. Whereas Madison was right. And upon seeing it the second time, which we haven't <laughs> talked about it since I saw it the second time. That's true. It is an incredibly gay film. It's a very gay movie. It's, it's the gayest movie the... I've seen in a long time. It popped off. What's the problem? What's going on? What's the problem? I don't think Bridget was going to spill I'm sick of this. So I was just trying to say, sign language. Just say what's happening. I hate all this like, <laughs> oh, no. like, we're what never. What the fuck are we doing? They'll never know that her cup spilled. <laughs> We're so secretive and spooky times. Like, you guys know. You guys are acting like this is like a fucking American Horror Story episode. We don't really know what's going on in the background. Like, I see you (laughs) spilling the cup and it's not a big deal. And I'd be like, hey, on the pod, grab your cup. It's that that simple. Sorry. Also, it wasn't silly. It doesn't have much left in there. It looked spilly. It looked spilly. It looked spilly. 
I don't trust them. Whatever. Can we get back to how I was right about how lighthouses? Well, are I mean, it wasn't just you that was right. I feel like it's pretty much like understood. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I understood that there was things in there. I just thought it was an overall like misogyny, and like over sexualizing things. I thought that that was the undertone of the of the, of the movie. And then I saw it again. And I had a lot of time to pay attention because Franny was asleep and mad at me. <laughs> I was. So I got the chance to really invest. And I mean, the the physical lighthouse itself is just a giant dick. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, very I, I, like I remember that I said that to you before you saw it the second time. Well, I remember fair, exactly where I were. Where I had we were. seen it six months before that conversation. So we're like five months or four months or however long well, it was. Well, yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. So, but I said that and you were like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh my God, it's a dick. Like the lighthouse is a dick. Like that's not. But you are infamous for going gay rights on every film ever. So I'm just preemptively like, I don't know if that's exactly what was being said. This time it was exactly what was being said. Like, I just and I want saved- to say that in my perfect world every movie can should will and must have gay rights but let me just say this i saved it for the podcast just so you could feel really triumphant on the podcast i do feel really triumphant because i could have said it in private like let's not bring up that i was wrong but i wanted to let people know that i was wrong well how nice of you yeah um okay so we so i guess we've got some strong opinions in the room and i want to i want to let those come out before franny explodes okay so please begin me yeah, you're turn? the one who feels some type of way about it. I was so mad at Logan for taking me to that. So, like, okay. So, he'd been trying to convince me to go for a while. And I was like, that sounds boring as hell. The only way he convinced me was Robert Pattinson, my boy, was in it. So, I was like, okay. But, like, I was like, let me look at a trailer. And this motherfucker didn't tell me it was going to be a black and white film. I was Did like, you see the trailer? Yeah. Well, I only saw a minute of it. I was like, were you trying to trick me into seeing a black and white film? He's like, no, no, you're going to like it. I swear. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I we never went. said there was color in that film. Let's clarify. I never, ever well, said that. And by the way, there is. I didn't. I was asleep. But so we went and I, I gave it a fair shake. Well, first of all. Like, did you? I did. You fell was asleep. It, the, the bar was closed in the theater, <laughs> which made me very upset. So the fact that I walked in, first the bar was closed, then I went and saw the worst movie I've ever seen. It just all around was very upsetting. Like, why is it so boring? That's what I don't understand. It's I not, mean, it's not boring. I, I think that it's very unfair for you to call a movie boring when you did not watch all of it. <laughs> well, to be fair, she didn't watch all of it because she found it boring. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, like, and what, can, like, what was happening before you fell asleep? Oh, God. I don't... It was all a blur. Um, <laughs> I think at this point... Uh, well, first of all... In yeah, the first, when did I, like, choose to start Let me explain it to you from my perspective. Okay. We go into the movie, and she goes, I don't really know if I wanted to see a movie tonight, and we're already here, so there's that. <laughs> and then it started, and of course, you know, it's like 35 millimeter, you know? It's yeah. just, it's and just, I was like, what the fuck is this? She's like, when is the aspect ratio going to change to the real movie? And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, like, I thought this was, like, a weird intro. <laughs> no, it ain't. I was like, when does the movie begin? And he was like, shit. But um, then she also goes, okay, so when are we going to be able to understand them? And I'm like, fuck. I couldn't understand what the fuck they were so saying. So here's the like, thing, the too. With that I had director, that problem, too. What, what's that director's name again? I wanted subtitles Rob, so bad. Too. Rob. Rob. Bert. Rob. Rob. You I, know, I don't Rob, know dear dick. I don't, it's, I don't know if it's Roger or Rob. <laughs> I suck, but it's Eggers is his last name. Oh, yeah. So, um, he directed The Witch, which is kind of a polarizing film. It's Robert Eggers. 
Oh, okay, I was right, I was right. Yeah, he, it was a pretty polarizing film because it's really old English, and yeah. unless you have subtitles on, you really can't tell what's being said. Ugh. So I think that it was a mistake for them to release the film with no subtitles on it because I feel like people would understand it a little bit better. Like, But at the same time, that dude's like super artsy, and he's like, it has to be put out this certain way. And there was a lot of like old sailor speak in the film. So Franny did not... Follow along because she's she needs subtitles for normal movies. Yeah, because I'm big deaf. same. But I literally got lost and I looked at him. I was like, I give up on trying to watch this movie. I'm going to nap now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Like I too, in my perfect world, not only would every movie have gay rights, every movie would have subtitles. All I like your time. world. Um, but yeah, I wish this movie had subtitles. I, I really want to get this when on um. On Blu-ray or whatever, so I can watch it with mm. subtitles and like actually comprehend all of the dialogue instead of some of the dialogue, which is what I comprehended. <laughs> no, um, none of the dialogue. But I also think like beyond being an artistic choice, which I think is a silly artistic choice, is also like American audiences do not like subtitles, which I, I think, don't get. Me either. At least like in my, in my experience, like like I I remember when I went and saw Parasite, which we're not talking about right now. But, um, I was like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a Korean movie or whatever. And people were like, they're doing weird shit over there. I don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to do Dr. Pepper. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> I was Dr. still listening. Dr. Pippi. Um, we are not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. I want to make that clear, but we, we are not be, sponsored by anything. We could be, Sponsor baby. us. Um. I like Pib better, but whatever. Fuck you. That. Dr. Pib is gross. It's really good. We are definitely not sponsored by Dr. Pibb, because I just said they're fucking gross. He's not a doctor. He didn't get a doctorate. His name is Mr. Pibb. <laughs> oh, Mr. Pibb. Yeah, I'm not, sorry. He's not, he's not gone to medical school. Um, correct. He's not excelled over five years of college. So. But anyway, like I, w- I told people I was going to see like this foreign language movie in theaters, and they were like, but like you're going to really sit there and watch a movie with subtitles? And I was like, I watch a movie with subtitles every day. Yeah. This is, this is going to come up it in just... our Parasite review, I'm sure. Yeah. Which um which was, you know, kind of the same idea. People don't want to see a foreign film because of the subtitles and the difference in language. Yeah, and I think but the, at the same time, I think with this movie with the lighthouse, I think like it already had enough going for it that would make people not want to see it that I don't think subtitles would like send it over the edge of being well, unseeable. I don't, I don't know, like it's already in black and white. It's already got a uh, fucking weird it, aspect. It did well. Know. It didn't do terribly. It did pretty good at the box office considering yeah, the budget. Yeah, I mean, so um, and, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of being ignored for Academy stuff, but there's two great performances in it, and it's Robert Pattinson. But even more so than that, in my opinion, is Willem Dafoe, who did amazing. Um, so, he was and crazy. that's it. That's all like there's it. really in the movie. There's a, there's a mermaid, and that, that's about it. It's the only things in the movie, so it's yeah, a short I cast. Mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it ups- yeah, it's sad to me that it's getting passed over for, like, Academy stuff right now, because, like, there's, there's so much other good stuff, and I think it's, like, I don't think it's like. I don't think it's like a stacked list of like really bad things, and then people are ignoring Lighthouse for no reason. I think that there's a lot of good stuff, but this is like probably like my second or third favorite of the year. I would have to say. Yeah, I mean it's in the top ten for me. I think it definitely deserves a nod for like costume design because everything looks so legitimately that like time period, and then also the cinematography is like. Like even though it's all in black and white, it's like definitely the most one of the more defined films. Like the water, and you could tell with the cold air and everything. Like it's really interesting looking. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. really good. 
Franny wouldn't know. I couldn't see it. It was so dark and black and white. And, I, and, and smaller millimeter than you uh, used to. Why? What is the point? <laughs> the art. The cinema. You see, I fought with him on this because he was like, you don't like art. I was like, I literally do art and love art and appreciate the fuck out of art. I literally buy like shitty art from Goodwill because I love art so much. I think you're kind of proving my point. But this is not art. Making a <laughs> shitty movie that nobody can understand or see is not art. Wow, you hear that, Rob? It's not art. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. Maybe, I guess I'm not the audience that it was going for. I, I think I just that don't get who was. It's not a, it's not a like a film that is very like it's it doesn't have a lot of entry you know like Parasite yeah. is a foreign language film I know I keep bringing that up but it, it's like a foreign language film that's very easy for people to like start on yeah, it's not like super I it. which we'll we'll get to that yeah. one day but um <laughs> this movie is like not for people who like aren't used to like really trying in a movie. Like, this isn't, like, something you can walk in and, like, man, this is pretty fun. It's, there's nothing fun about this movie. This movie has no fun. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Correct. It's very dour and very, like, introspective. And, and some people would say pretentious, but... It was. I'm, no, I make the argument it's only pretentious if it didn't actually have a message. And I think very clearly the film, everything that happens in it, it has a reason. Why? Yeah, what is I the mean, reason? I didn't get a single reason why anything was happening. Oh, well, like, I'm going to say just because... This sounds mean, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just because you don't understand the reason doesn't mean there isn't one. Okay, I get that, yeah. And, like, cool. I think I think going back to what you said about, like, being pretentious. It was. This movie doesn't have any pretense about it. Like, it knows what it is. Like, this, this is the movie that they set out to make, and they're not pretending to be... They're not pretending to be deeper than anything. Nothing is deeper than it is. And, like, especially if you read interviews with the director and then the two actors who, like, it's very clear that Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson have thought a lot about this movie. Like, they didn't just go in and, like, read the script. They, like, you know, they, they went and they thought a lot about this movie. Um, It'd be really hard to read the script. Yeah. Because um, the dialogue, I, I have to say, like, I love the style that goes in with these movies, like, which and this, I think are really interesting. But at the same time, super polarizing. Yeah. You don't, I mean, I, I would be surprised if, if like, I said, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if I got the Blu-ray and then I rewatched it and then I interpreted things a totally different time a third time just because I could understand More. what was being yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense to me. So, um. But yeah, I think everything's intentional. It, like, every, every shot is intentional that it was my chair i'll wait for bridget to finish it is picking up impeccably i know i hear every you guys, single people listening creak. could taste that chair the <laughs> studio is real nice um she's sitting on a fold-out lawn chair Heck yeah. sponsor us please yeah, yeah, yeah. if you support us on patreon we'll use those fundings to get bridget to share your chair that doesn't creak <laughs> this poor girl needs a chair <laughs> please help this child is dying <laughs> um her ass is dying in that chair. Her ass probably is dying. Um, My ass is fine for now. Haven't good. been sitting here that long, though, so... We'll see. I'll update you later <laughs> as things progress. But, yeah, like, every every shot is intentional. Every sound is intentional. Like, every every image that you see is an, is an intentional image, and that's, like, part of crafting the movie that it comes out to be. 
And like I, I think that they and I think what's kind of cool about it is that those images those intentional images lend themselves to a multitude of interpretations. Like it's not just like even though we've kind of agreed that it's gay rights, um it, it's not gay rights. <laughs> even though we've agreed that it's homoerotic. Well, actually, I mean it is kind of like gay I mean it's kind of gay rights. I mean, I mean it's the I whole film is just layered with like you know, these two dudes are kind of misogynistic, but they're also like it's it's like a it's like a mechanism, like a defense mechanism. I yeah. think that they're also I'm not convinced that they're not I'm 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 not convinced they aren't the same person. I'm also not convinced yeah. they're not the same person. But when Big same. why is it so erotic then if he's him? I mean, you can love yourself. It's I mean, it's <laughs> also <laughs> But also do people like self discovery, right? Is it I mean, like a masturbation thing? They're, I mean, they masturbate multiple times in I the I mean, film. there's a lot of masturbation in this movie. I mean, like... Yeah, it was literally real. multiple times if in it the is, Yeah, there's a lot of jerking it going on. If it's the same person, like... The homoerotic... Be full of jerky. Um, the homoerotic tension could be... Like, you know, masturbation. I don't know. I mean, like, within yourself, like, your own sexual desires. And then there's, like... Because let's not forget, there's the whole desire of the light in the whole film, right? Like, the Robert Pattinson character wants to be in the lighthouse the whole time. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe's character's like, nah, homie. And um, (laughs) this doesn't say that. I'm pretty sure that we could understand that. He probably says something like, y'all know to be in lighthouse, no, never. (laughs) The light is mine. The light beeth mine on the Dale Moon. Because he's a fucking sailor, Franny. That's why he sounds like a sailor. He's a fucking sailor. No, that fucking scene... I woke up and there's just this, he was just standing in the fucking light like all naked and shit in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. Like, why? A lot of it is also like it's so funny that you hate this movie because there's so many moments in the film that are actually depicting real life art in the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were talking about that. I did think parts of it were pretty, like decently, but like I couldn't see it. Someone's opinion is changing. <laughs> what do you mean you couldn't see it? It was so dark. It really isn't. Like there's no. Color, I didn't think it was that. But there's so much contrast. I like, liked. Okay, like I liked the scenes where like you could see like the water and shit like that. That was all right to look at. But like anything inside <laughs> of the fucking like gross ass lighthouse cabin shit. The house. Like it's supposed to be gross. It just. It is. Yeah. This like, film just made like, me Ew. uncomfortable you like know, the whole time. It's also a comedy. Like it's it's me- there's moments that are supposed to be like really it wasn't funny, funny like ever. Robert Pattinson took a pan full of shit to the face. That is hilarious. That is funny. Yeah, that is something no, that kids from the, t- from the era of like Twilight would have begged to see. Me and Bridget have like we're doing a bit from this movie for weeks where they're like just arguing and they're just like what 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 what, what? what? admit it you like me lobster. <laughs> Like, that is a funny moment if Randy like, is that So is that in reference to the birds, though? Like, because you know how the bird kind of has, like, a the whole film. It's, I never thought about that. It's, it's got that sort of noise to it where it's just repetitive and yeah, frustrating. Yeah, I mean, kind of. So I wonder if that was intentional and it's, like, they're supposed to sound like two, like, seagulls. Like, oh. I didn't even think about the drum. I don't know for but, like, sure. Possi- I mean, probably. I mean, there's a like, lot of, like, repetitive noise in this in this movie. Gross. I just... You didn't like it? You didn't like that droning noise? No. Why did anybody want to like that? I love that. Um, but, like, honestly, when we saw the, like, when we... Wow, I can't speak. 
Well, you're on a podcast, so you might want to... You gotta learn. Ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, like, the what, what, what yeah. thing. Um, I kind of thought that it was very Madison and I. <laughs> like, that whole bit, like, the whole thing was just like, yeah, that's something we would do. Um, Correct. I mean, but going and like going back for a minute, because I I struggle to like cut in and I don't know where to like, you know, jump in to speak. But um, yes, you have a look on your face. She's making noise with my mic. No, she hit no, the thing. No, it was Bridget. It Bridget was me. The the little pop filter. I'm sorry. sorry I apologize. No, you're fine. Go on. Say what you're going to say. Don't do it again. <laughs> um. But going back to the gay rights thing, I think there is a difference between gay rights and homoerotic attention. Homoerotic tension. Tell that to your girlfriend. Because I want to be clear, like when I say gay rights, it does not have to be gay at all. I just it's it's literally it's just if I decide it's gay rights, it's gay rights. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Like ratatouille, it's gay rights. I mean, Wait, yeah, ratatouille. Yeah. How's that? It just is. Okay. <laughs> Anyone can cook, bitch. Anyone can cook, bitch. Um, but one day we'll do an episode about ratatouille and I'll yeah. try. That would be amazing. We should just do a single pod about ratatouille. About I ratatouille. agree. I agree. That might be the move, y'all. Um, I didn't like it. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and like um, anyone can cook except you because you're going to die. <laughs> Shock. Come at Remy like that. Come at Remy like that. <laughs> Um, sorry, but you were saying about gay rights. I think the the difference is that the difference is that um, gay rights is like they're actually confirmed TM and like homoerotic attention, homoerotic like overtones. Homoerotic attention. <laughs> That's an option. That's what. Am I right, ladies? I have. Um. I feel like that's, it can be, like, anything. I don't know. In my mind, like, somebody says gay rights, and I'm like, oh, yes, something positive. But, like, I wouldn't look at this film and be like, ah, <laughs> oh, yes, gay rights. <laughs> like, honestly, when I say gay rights, I'm mostly just fucking around. I know. Like, some movies are actually gay, and other movies are not actually gay. Though I will say that this movie is actually gay. This movie is, like, the gayest movie I've seen all year. Yeah, I mean, this movie has, like, something to say about toxic masculinity and sexuality. And, like, it's very clear about saying that, I think. I didn't see it. I don't I know. mean, you didn't see it. You well, were yeah, asleep. You, you didn't see the film, so You probably. literally didn't see it. <laughs> and, like, even the scene that we were just joking about, the, like, where they're fighting about, like, cooking. Um, Anybody can cook. Anyone can cook. <laughs> it all comes back to Ratatouille, baby. <laughs> um, but, no, like, like, I was actually... First, I was reading an interview with Robert Pattinson. He was actually happening to talk about the scene in this interview, and he was like, "The line, bef- like the line that precedes that is, he says, like, I could really go for a steak right now, like a steak so raw I could fuck it or something like that." And that's what like sets it off. Like he's like, "Oh, so you don't like me cooking?" So like, he does it, and he says, "You don't like yeah, me cooking?" No, it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's what get well, That's what like you know gets him going on it and like there's just that those overtones and there's just like it on top of the gay thing there's just like dominant submissive energies 
And I Definitely. Think that, and I think that lends itself to the idea that they're the same person. Because it's like, which, which part of you are you going to let win? And so, like, when you have that toxic masculinity thing going on, it's like, am I going to... Am I going to give into this or am I going to resist it? And so like there's just sort of that like dominant submissive thing going on, which and I so that's why I think it's kind of cool that it can be both readings. I don't know if I articulated that well. I think you did personally. Um, And the dominant submissive thing, they like switch roles. Yeah. At the end, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. If there's even, like, a role to switch, I feel like one's a manifestation of the other one's mind. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, then, like, in order, and also, like, in order for, for... Brady could not look more bored right now. She's like, fuck <laughs> She's this like, movie. Fuck this shit. I started dancing. In order for, like, in order for Robert Pattinson's character, they're both, they're both called, um... Yeah, they both have the they're same both name. called Tom, so I'm gonna Tom, call him Robert yeah. Pattinson. Um, <laughs> for his character to get that enlightenment, he has to to get that enlightenment to see the lighthouse to like be in it. He has to regain control because he's been like made to submit. So like in order in order to get your enlightenment, you have to. He had to basically. Turn Willem Dafoe into a fucking dog and then make him jump into a pit of dirt. That was uncomfortable the whole time. I just wanted to be uncomfortable. You are not supposed to be comfortable. I I would be worried if you were comfortable. I might be being too literal, but was he like calling him like a bitch? I mean, I feel like kind of in a way. Yeah. But also, like, there were many times in the movie where, um, like, Willem Dafoe told Robert Pattinson, like, you're a dog. You're nothing but a dog. Like,. And, like, that, that's, like, a whole thing. You know? There were some important, like, perspective changes, too. Like, for instance, there was a scene where, like, one person was chasing the other, essentially naked, right? And then yeah. the, the Wilm Defoe's character to Robert Pattinson. And then Wilm Defoe turns around and is like, you were just doing this thing to me or whatever it was. Like, he flipped the script. And yeah, I'm, like, you attacked me. So then comes the question, like, okay, so is this is this cerebral? Is this actually, like, a crazy person trying to convince another person they're crazy? Is, you know, what... What do you take away from that? I think this movie is a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah, I, I don't is. think it's as simple as watching it once or twice. I think you have to watch it a few times to really, because I know that I'm missing pieces. Um, I think everybody here kind of is. Yeah, I think you can get what. I'm not missing anything. Fair enough. <laughs> I think you can get multiple interpretations from it, which is kind of why it's a lot of fun. And then like the mermaid thing. Yeah. Anybody no. got any thoughts on that? Uncomfortable mermaid pussy. Other than that. <laughs> Other than mermaid pussy? Fishy. Fishy. Um, I, I think that it was... I think that it was sort of like the mermaid was sort of a representation of lust. Because he finds the little, like... Um, I don't the, know what like, you call it. totem. Like, yeah, totem's a good word. Like, a, the little wood carving thing. And, like, that represents... And he finds it in a hole in his bed. And, like, that represents the lust that he has, like, just that, that desire. And then throughout the movie, you see, like, especially, like, when he's trying to get Willem Dafoe to submit to him, you see it, like, alternating between, like, his face and then the mermaid and then, like, mermaid pussy and then, like, his face. And so, like, all of the, and I think it's just that, that object of lust being conflated with the other things that are present, if that makes sense. And, like, once he found that little, like, totem is when, like, the real masturbation started, right? Like, the 
If I remember. Right. Yeah, I mean, he whacked into as that opposed, thing. As opposed to fake masturbation. Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, shit just got real, y'all. That's just what <laughs> That's real that, masturbation that's right there. That's real masturbation <laughs> right there. Ooh-wee. Like, but, at least, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, for the for the ex-Twilight girls, like, which we all have a little bit of in, it, hey, in us. Me. Like, didn't we still. all at one point want to... I don't think I like, had an ex-Twilight girl in me, but... I, I don't know. Like, didn't all the ex-Twilight girls like kind of want to see Robert Pattinson do that? Or am I just... Jerk off with a dirty mustache no. and a granny film? Well, I guess probably not. To a total I think this movie perfectly made him, like, disgusting. Like Yeah. Twilight is, like, like openly my favorite movie yeah. series still. And I didn't want to see that side of Robert Pattinson <laughs> at Fair all. Fair enough. I liked it in that one movie about the Twin Towers, like, forever ago. Wasn't that a thing? What the fuck Hold on. I don't know what you're talking about. I will about. figure it out. I think well, it's, like, a day do... to something. Well, you no, do I'm that. thinking of a day to remember. No, Are you not that. Remember me? Remember me. That's what I was thinking of a day to remember. Day to remember. Don't but break. You want everything to He was really good in that, and he was good in good time. Like, he was... It was a fucking awful choice for him idea. to do this because he's a good actor and this was shitty and gross. So do you think like, that I he disagree. didn't do good acting in this movie? No, he is a good actor. This was just a gross movie. I mean, like, I think it's his second best film. What the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, good times better, but we'll talk about that. But I think I think this is a real, more of a testament to Willem Dafoe's performing. I think he was amazing in this movie. But both of them were like obviously great. Yeah. Who did you like better, Bridget? William Defoe or Robert Pattinson? Willem Defoe. Yeah, I'm like sorry, him. Willem Defoe. We just talked about this like two William days ago. Defoe. <laughs> William Defoe. I'm um, not gonna let her slander you, bud. Willem Defoe, if you're listening, <laughs> sorry. I got you, boy. Sorry, Willem. Um, I really liked good old Rob. Um. <laughs> But I also am an ex-Twilight girl, and so that probably colored my opinion. And the fact she's, like, the main character probably colored my opinion. Well, I mean, arguably like, I mean, there's the two, there's, there's main character. Main. There's only one character. Correct. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Maybe the sequel, I guess, counts. Also, oh, if you are an animal movie. lover, stay clear of this film. Oh, yeah, God, Bridget. I was so upset. I didn't know what was going to happen. I have a... I have a... Brandy, you know what they're talking about? Yeah, didn't they kill a seagull? Like, I mean, really? I, I mean, she, she, like, it's only I say that May, if Franny you think... turned to me and goes, you fucked up when he did that. Yeah. You fucked no, up. We got out. out of this movie, and I was like, what the fuck did you just make me sit through? Yeah, and Bridget, I didn't talk the whole Uber back home. Bridget was so upset when that bird died. I have a thing with animals being hurt that I, you know, can't stand it. And, like most people, I suppose. But, um... I I had to look away. I had to hide my face in Madison's shirt and look away. Like I kind of want to talk about the goal, though, now that we are on it. Like, not to d- distract from the people who were upset about that bird being hurt. Though I think it was meant to be upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, was, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it was like, I don't want to say it was like the killing of innocence. Because the bird, I feel like... So, that bird was not fucking innocent. That's by so intense. By I feel that like, bird's a fucking dick. Yeah, that bird wasn't innocent. Not I feel like the bird mile. was in his right to be a dick. <laughs> because, like, birds <laughs> bird kind of... Bird rights, I guess. <laughs> I, 
birds are like squawkers rights. <laughs> oh my god, this bird. He's I don't rights. know, like. Rob like if Pads you came are to... a seagull and you've been harassed by a lighthouse keeper, <laughs> you're entitled to financial compensation. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know. Rob Pads came to his island, just being dumb, a dumbass, and he didn't have to do him like that. Like, okay, so let's, Rob let me, didn't let me have ask to my do question him like then, that. because it kind of relates. Like, Willem Dafoe says, you know, gulls are the souls of dead sailors basically. Uh, yes. Um, and so he says, like, don't, don't you kill that gull, boy. Uh, he doesn't say it like that. He says it more like... Something less intelligible. He says, I'm just killing a Back of my sea wagon, bud. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, so how do you feel about... Do you feel... Because, like, he kills this gull, and then the day after, he misses the boat to, to go home. And so he's stuck on this lighthouse. Or at least that's what he thinks is happening whether or not that's actually what's occurring is like you know you can decide whether or not he's crazy um which he is but and like how do we like do you feel like there are do you feel like the supernatural element of the goal causing the winds to change do you feel like that exists in robert pattinson's mind or do you feel like there's the film says that's the reality i think what it is is this the goal is metaphoric or how earlier in his term of being the lighthouse keeper, whatever he is, um, I think he killed his last partner that was on the island with him, and I think oh. that representation of that goal is him doing it again, mm-hmm. and then a longer period of time of never being picked up. I think he's been on that island for a long time. Yeah, like he d- he says, "How long have we been here? Days, weeks, years, or whatever is the line is." That or was not whatever. a direct quote. <laughs> or ye whatever. <laughs> ye, ye old whatever. Ye old whatever. Yeah, that's kind of the interpretation that I took of it, too. And, like, sort of the, the supernatural aspect of the light as well. I don't think that the light is, is necessarily anything. Yeah, I think that when people ask yeah. the question what the light is, I think they're missing the whole point. Yeah, I, I think the light is just a light. I think it's just... And, I mean, like... Well, I think it's it's, like, self-realization of, like, oh... Yeah. Oh, I'm a crazy person. Oh, this this is what's actually happening. I think that that's the information of reality descending upon somebody who's ill. Yeah. Mentally. I uh, could be wrong. I kind of thought, like, looking at now, I kind of feel like it's taking back that power. <laughs> oh, God. Are we good over there? I punched the microphone. That's how upset she is that we're even she's talking also like, about. <laughs> she's literally dozing off. I can. I look. I'm her. literally not. I was listening to Bridget. Okay, so uh, so <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Everyone is listening to you. God. Yeah, everyone's listening to you, Bridget. Jeez. You never listened to me. I listened to you. What? Only to tell you to shut what? up. What? 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 <laughs> oh God. Um. Here they go. <laughs> God, I forgot even what I was saying. You're talking about, like... Oh, um, yeah, okay. So, I feel like, in a way, that because this lighthouse is forbidden to him, like, it makes him want it so much more. Like, I don't... Like, just the fact that he's, like... Like, now I can, like, stand in front of this lighthouse, this light that I was never permitted before. Yeah, and I think it's... And I think it's... Um, I think it re- sort of... I think it's representative of desire and of like a desire that's forbidden sorry i'm laughing over here 
I know. I'm laughing over here because Franny has her microphone on this box. And I just look and I'm like, there's an adjustable lift on the microphone stand. So I, I just made me laugh. No. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am new to all of this. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, I think it represents desire as well as like that sort of self knowledge. And so it's like, by forcing Willem Dafoe to submit and then achieving the object of his desire he is able to like kind of know himself in that way or or to like you know fully fully accept like who and what he is and it's like that's kind of how i took it i think that's a good reading personally i agree with it i also the the other um person the person that um tom robert panson's tom it was called robert panson <laughs> the one the guy that he killed didn't you notice like almost like a facial like similarity to the Wom Defoe character? Yeah, I kind of noticed that. I then that that's sort of what had me leaning. Like the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, okay, they have the same name. This dude kind of looks like Willem Defoe. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's like a manifestation of like, okay, this is what he would look like as an older dude, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm, he made up this character in his mind. I think using his face. Yeah, and sort of like. Yeah. Yeah, and sort of like his guilt caused him to reverse the roles or whatever. Yeah, because another thing too is we don't know how long he's been there, but a a common thing is when people try to like remember faces they haven't seen in a long time, there's things that are skewed. If you try to remember a voice, you don't get it necessarily dead on. I wonder if that's like the only person that he can like kind of conjure up in his brain at this point. So maybe that's why he looks like that. Yeah. Also, oh. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. Okay. So I feel like the seagull is like, if this really is all happening in his brain and we're not supposed to take it at face value but kind of look under the surface, um, I think it's interesting that William Defoe's character talks about how seagulls are... <laughs> sorry, you did it again. Oh, I'm sorry, Willem. Oh, William. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh William, Willem Defoe's twi- evil twin, William Defoe. <laughs> William. It's just so close to... Willem is so close to William that I just... And yet so far. It's like barely a name. Think Willem name. is barely a name. Think, so. oh. think Wilhelm and then quit emphasizing the H so hard. Willem. Yeah. Willem. Yeah. Willem. Um, Willem. I'm just going to start calling him Defoe. Defoe. Um, but Defoe's character talks... Can you stop Sorry, laughing at me? Just call him Will. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Anyway. Defoe's character... <laughs> stop. <laughs> I'm trying to say something important. His character talks about the seagulls being... Um, like the souls of past soul, uh, sailors. Franny and just rolled her eyes. She was like, oh, God. I rolled my whole body to roll she my eyes. She did. She was like, fuck that. Sorry, go on, please. Um, but he talks about them being the souls of sailors. So then I was wondering, like, if this is um, like that. So the seagull. Is that the guy that... Oh, what? What? I keep thinking about William. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to me. I'm sorry. Is that the guy that um, Rob Pat's character murdered? Like, Yeah, I think that's sort of what we were talking about before. Did I... I just... Well, no. You're, you're, you're actually putting it in a, bit of, a different bit of perspective. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. saying 
that it's maybe it's something he conjured with his mind. You're saying, is that like a manifestation that is that person he thought he killed? Like, is that what you're trying to say? Like, you're saying like... You're saying the seagull is the guy he killed. Like, you're saying like literally. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I didn't take it that way. I would say I disagree, but... I was I was not saying I feel this way or don't feel this way. I was just putting it out there. Hey, you don't have to defend your opinions to us. We're just a bunch of mediocre movie nerds. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, like I don't so know what shit. I decide. I don't, I don't know, know what if I've... it's Willem or William. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Which Defoe? Which yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I. I feel like sort of like what we were talking about. Like maybe this is. I mean, I think there's like probably a seagull that was literally pestering him. And he, like, decided that it was this dude. I mean, or it could just be in his brain. I mean, that too, I guess. Um, and then... Oh, Franny. And the way he, like, discovered... Because he discovered the body. I'm pretty sure the body discovery is very real. Yeah. And I think that he redis The way that body was being held is almost like somebody keeps placing it back in the water and then reeling it back up. I think that he doesn't realize, but he's rediscovering that body all the time. Yeah. I would agree with that. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. Mm, gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Um, so yeah, and I would I would I would see that. You know, I and I, like I think that's like tying in with him being that sort of like object of his desire. Like you keep rediscovering that thing, and then you have to like bury it again. You know. I think yeah. that's Like not bury it. Obviously, it's in the water. But I think it kind of like I think it like kind of ties together. Why? What? what are your thoughts, Franny? Maybe, just maybe, someday, I'll rewatch the movie because I'm so confused by everything you guys are saying. So I mean, I you didn't see... watch. To say rewatch it implies that you watched it, but you didn't. <laughs> Fair point. I chose not to because I didn't want to put myself through that kind of torture. So I do want to say this. I feel like maybe we could tackle this movie again, all, all of us, in like oh, a more in-depth video. Oh, no. Um, stop. Because I feel like we just don't have enough of the pieces. I feel like this is like a study film. Yeah, um, I kind of would like. I kind of maybe would like to talk about it again. Like that could kind of be fun. But for now, let's yeah. let's go over our grades. So let's let's end with Franny. Um. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> or do you want do you want to go ahead and just say you're no? Ready to go? Wait, can you I uh, can I jump first. in with one last little thing that I really liked about? Not no. a chance. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, like you're just wrong. because we were talking about the seagull thing, and I thought it was really interesting how the movie ends with this shot, which I was like, that's almost like. Prometheus being like his liver pecked out by by birds as his punishment for like bringing man fire, and so I googled it and there's a painting which like literally mirrors the exact way that Robert Pattinson is like lying. There's, there's tons of scenes like that in the film. Yeah, there's that, tons that, of scenes like that. The naked man with the light coming out of his eyes, pointing yeah. thing. That there's literal paintings that are just yeah. And I just it. thought it was really really cool. And I and like just because we were talking about sort of like the gull and then what the light represents. Like, I think it's, like, cursed knowledge in a way. Um, like, bringing that knowledge to yourself, but also, like, ultimately having to pay the price. Like, knowing, like, for him, like, knowing now that, like, it's just him there. And, like, knowing exactly who he is. And then, like, also ultimately having to, like, pay the price for receiving that knowledge. And then, like, sort of, like, the divine retribution of it being the birds that, like, and he also loses which an eye, which is them. interesting. Which good for them. Which good for them. 
Bird Rights. Okay. Bird Rights 2019. So let's go with Bridget then. Bridget, what do you rate this film? I say I'd give it like an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it. I was uncomfy at times, but that was the point, as we've established. Ugh. <laughs> um, and I really thought that William... Oh, my God. Who? Willem. Who? Who? <laughs> that Willem and Rob did a great job. So, I, I, I'm of the opinion that those are both leading roles. I know people say that Willem's, like, supporting. I would disagree. I don't think that's... Um, but what, what, out of the two performances, who did better? Like, I think you said Rob. You said Rob. I, I said Rob. I said Willem. Randy, who do you think did better? Neither. The mermaid. Okay. Aww. Anyway, so an 8 out of 10, and then Madison? You say 8 out of 10, Logan? No. No, no. Oh, you were just repeating Kathy's rating. Yeah. Um, I I would give it... I would give it an A. Um. Oh, God. Here we go. I would give this movie... Letter like, I think if this movie had subtitles, I might say it's an A+. Um, because I fuck? really like this movie. I like movies that are very intentional, and in some in some areas, like style matters more than like substance to me. And like this movie, a lot of what me and Logan talked about right after I saw this movie was that like this movie decided what it was gonna do, and then it just decided to be the best version of what it was. And like I think it really succeeded in everything that it was trying to do. And so for me, like, this is, like, this is a movie right up my alley. Yeah, um, for me, I would say that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and rate it on what it is now versus what it will be with the subtitles because I feel like the produced film that was in theaters is the actual film. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. What? A 7 out of 10. I think maybe it'd be closer to an 8 uh. with subtitles. But I just think that... For me, there's a lot of meandering in the film that, yeah, is is symbolism and everything, but it just isn't overtly, like, super entertaining to me or intriguing to me. Um, but, I mean, it's still, like, it is, like, the perfect version of what it was going for. I just, I guess the message isn't as powerful for me as for other people. And, so. like, I don't necessarily need a powerful message to be there. Yeah, I'm saying it didn't intrigue yeah. me enough to call it an eight out of ten. I, yeah, I, think I yeah, I get that, and like I and that's like it. Is, I think it varies based on like what are you looking for in a movie. Like it changed the way people are gonna start doing more filmmaking. Like it's like there are gonna be movies no. now that are more experimental. Um, <laughs> and like that's a and good I think thing. it's like, very we good. That's stay in the same place. Yeah. when it comes to our, the movies, that that's we what gives it all the bona fides for uh. me to call it a seven out of ten. And probably when it has subtitles, in my opinion, it'll be an eight. But I'm gonna yet again rate it as it is now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, Franny. Okay, so like a movie should have a plot, and like it has a plot. No, it doesn't have a plot. It has a bunch of weird events that happen Just for no it fucking reason. It has a reason. non-linear plot. Doesn't mean it doesn't Ugh. have a plot. It's actually, I, mean, it is, it is I think it is linear. linear. It's linear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it is linear. Just because it has. No. A plot which you don't like just because you don't know if the plot is based in reality or a fiction inside of a person's head doesn't mean there's not a plot. Exactly. But there wasn't one in this. This movie was all around torture. I give it 
a one <laughs> just because it has my boy in it. <laughs> so wow. it would be a zero if I could give it a zero, I would. I mean, you can. No. I want to give Robert Pattinson that one. A one star. For, for okay. him. Just breathing in it. He was the best part just being there. But Despite they him being, made, like, disgusting. They made him fucking nasty. I mean, they didn't make him fucking they nasty. They made him fucking I nasty. I think that he they, willingly submitted to being they nasty. Actually, well, I mean, I guess you put it through that perspective, but they they did kind of make him look they nasty. They made him nasty. I think, I think he knew and that. He's like, yeah, I mean, he knew, he oh, knew he was But he didn't nasty. make himself nasty. They they did all the work. Oh, yeah, I guess. It was not a movie. That is my review. It was <laughs> not a movie. It was not a movie. Why would anybody want to submit themselves to that kind of torture? Pay for that kind of torture. Excuse Bridget's me? over there just slurping. No, I do not like it. Okay, so right. a one. Uh, you guys can also check out those reviews on Letterboxd or each of our individual scores. Um, I have opinions. She is angry. And Very. So I was so pissed at Logan for taking me to this. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll <laughs> let gonna, everybody cool down. We're going to take a quick break and then when we come back. We're going to talk about Jojo Rabbit. And we are back. Hello. 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 I don't know how to do this. Hello. I didn't introduce myself before. I, my name, my is, name is Franny. Uh, I think we introduced all of ourselves. I whispered. Oh. Well, whatever. She's Franny. Caught on. I'm Madison. Bridget's to my left. What's going on? Hi. I'm Did just you? kidding. My name is Logan. Hi. Can we be serious? This is a serious, serious venture. Sure. Let's talk about no. the Nazi summer camp movie. Now that we're being all serious. <laughs> right. Now that we're being serious, let's talk about Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Okay. So first of all, uh, I love this movie. I also love this I movie. I love Same. this movie. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. And the mm-hmm. music is so like fun. Like the different interpretations, like the German covers of popular pop songs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So the idea is, is this little kid in Nazi Germany, and as many kids at the time, I'm sure, thought of Hitler as like the Beatles. This kid's like idol is Hitler <laughs> right. himself. And um, yeah, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I think it's a really interesting way to look at a time period. You good? So rude. Sorry, I had to cough. Can I fucking talk? Um, I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting because it's like a time period where there's a lot of movies about World War II. There's a lot of films about Hitler and things like that. Um, but like this movie does it in a really different way. And it sort of, and it feels really like despite taking place in the past, despite taking place in Nazi Germany, it feels really like present when we see a lot of like, leaders coming to power that have a sort of cult of pers- cult of personality about them and have, you know, people who idolize them without really knowing or understanding who they are and what it is that they do. And so by like giving us Hitler through a child's eyes and giving us the war through a child's eyes, I think it does something really interesting. And this movie is almost like a coming of age story in reverse. Like he Jojo, the main character, has to learn how to be a kid again and has to learn how to not be a fanatic, not to like, and just to be a kid and to be like a human person. I'm pretty sure I said the exact same thing. Like, this is one of those movies where me and Madison are like on the exact same wavelength where we're like, we understand why this movie is like great. 
Yeah, we, I think we like this movie for the same reasons. Yeah. Um, first of all, the performance is like all around. I cannot think of a single bad performance in this movie. And it had Rebel Wilson in it, which is usually like a no-go for me. Yeah. And she was great. She was I mean, I, perfectly used. Yeah, I don't have any like... I don't feel any strong way about Rebel Wilson. I, I think she, I like her fine. But I think in this movie she was really good. I think like... I think that Rebel Wilson often gets like shoehorned into like the funny fat friend and i think that's just like an offensive role to begin with yeah <laughs> like she literally played a character called fat amy and like that was played for a joke the entire time and she never gets like she's always like the fat friend in like the bad teen or bad like cringe comedy like it's never like an art movie where she's like a interesting character she's a character actor yeah doesn't really get characters yeah she just plays yeah. the same character which is like the butt of the joke in a lot of movies and, like, so it was nice to see her do something really fun. And, like, every scene that she was in, she was hilarious. Yeah. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did really good. And um, Taika Waititi, the director. Yes. Playing Adolf Hitler was... Hilarious. Great. Yeah, I didn't so realize good. he was the director. Yeah. Bridget, yeah. could you... Do you think you could say the name of the director of this movie? I don't know if I could. <laughs> I just I just had to ask you because, you know, William Defoe. Yeah, this one's weight really tough. <laughs> I, I correct everybody on this. It's yeah, I know. Taika Waititi. I finally have it now. It took me so long. But I've yeah, never I never thought... tried. Taika Waititi. Heck yeah. Taika Waititi. I love how like white bread they sound when they're trying to say like Taika Waititi. It just makes me laugh. Taika Waititi. You sound like like a somebody on like their honeymoon in Hawaii. Like I would like the tiki. Contuti or something like you're not it's it's not believable okay. it's not believable I'm not surprised yeah but no yeah I thought that he did a really really good job of like playing that Hitler character and I thought that Hitler character was really interesting because in a lot of the movie he's just like an idiot yeah. but he's also this larger than life person he's what Jojo sees him as being what's crazy is I think this movie is like a perfect contender for best picture this year even though the first 10 minutes felt like Family Guy. It felt like an episode of Family Guy when you started the film because it's so, like, insane and, like, asking you to accept so much right off the bat. Very, like, Wes Anderson-y, yeah. Family Guy-y, like, really tongue-in-cheek. But um, the movie does not stay in that tone. Yeah, I mean, well, like... Maybe yeah. a little bit, but not, like, as intense as the first 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I was really... <laughs> I was really excited to go and see this movie, especially because um, I know that Taika Waititi likes Wes Anderson a lot, and I think that he like is definitely influenced by him. And I too like Wes Anderson a lot. Um, Logan, I don't. Logan and I don't agree on. I like Wes Anderson. I just I don't love him. Like yeah, I I love Wes Anderson movies, and so I. But wh- and so I was excited about this movie because I like know that that's sort of his influence, but I was afraid. That it was just going to be a lesser version of a Wes Anderson movie and not its own movie. And so I watched these first 10 minutes and I was like, uh, I'm not liking this so much. Like, I was like, dang, this is sort of disappointing me right now. But then after that 10 minutes, it's like only up from there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the big change in the film, for one, I, I love the I love the character of Jojo and I love his friend. Yes, uh, his Ar- fucking I friend. Archie is Yates cute plays his friend. He is so funny. I mean, like, li- like God bless. Like, he's the funniest character. In like, the movie. I want to give that kid a hug. 
he's just mm-hmm. like there's a lot of great characters and I, I feel like they used him sparingly like they really barely used him but like every single time he's on screen Perfect. I actually got I saw this movie three times and each time I actually laughed like out loud so yeah um, definitely a bonus uh, was him in the movie. I think he's going to play the new Home Alone kid. He's the new Macaulay Culkin of sorts. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, there's new Home Alone? Yeah, it's got, and they cast him. I don't know how that's going to work. but I, It's I just, like not a remake, but a remake. Like It's not going to be the same kid. It's going to be like another version, like a 2020 version. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, see how that works as a film. But any, I, I'm getting off the topic. Now's a good time to say that I hate Home Alone. I yeah. just want to put it out into the airspace that she I really hate it. It puts really Madison, hate Home Alone. it puts her in a weird headspace because she loves Archie Yates now, but she hates Home Alone. So she's like totally like. Yeah. Well, just I don't so think of it as Home Alone. Think of it as a kid left. I mean, a kid, a kid, a kid B movie like knockoff Home Alone. A kid yeah. left. <laughs> a kid left. Boy, um, not here. <laughs> ah, I just Mom, hit the, where? the fucking thing. It's okay. Um, Bridget, like when you're done coughing, um, <laughs> what did you sort of think about like the first ten-ish minutes of the movie? Because like, have you ever seen a Wes Anderson movie? Mm-mm. I mean, like, actually, I might have. I know. I just... Logan just said, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> you ever seen, like, I'm trying to think, what are the ones that people have seen? You ever seen Moonrise? Grand Budapest Hotel. Moonrise nope. Kingdom? Um, Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Mr. Fox. Fox? No. Isle of Dogs? No. What's another good one? Um, I mean, I think they're all, I like them all. I mean, yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying is it's uh, one that everybody's seen. I think those are the ones that everybody's seen. I mean. Royal Tenenbaums? A lot of people have seen that. No. Not as much as like Grand Budapest. Not as much as I think. Yeah. <laughs> Not as many people have I think have seen that movie. Yeah. Um. Well, whatever. We'll watch Moonrise Kingdom. That's like my, that's like a high favorite. I mean, um, I think Isle of Dogs is really really great. I love Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Like people, like I feel like that movie did not get the attention it deserves. I really fucking love that movie. Yeah, I mean, the year it came out, it, it definitely should have won Best Animation. But wasn't it up against the Spider Man movie, the Into the Spider Verse? Because if that's the case, then I get it. That doesn't sound right to me, but I don't know enough to dispute it. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it was the... It could have been... It really could have been in a year. I don't Whatever. Know. We're getting away from it because I want to know what Bridget thought about those first 10 yeah, minutes. Sorry, you can answer. probably hear my ice clinking. Um, I mean, like, I was kind of along for the ride, you know, but I was like, is the whole thing going to be like this? Like, did um, you not like it? I mean, I didn't dislike it. I was just like... What's going on over there? I got a little shaky leg. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I thought she had to pee. And I was like. No, I just. I was like, you, you better wait till Bridget. You got a bouncy talking. leg. I got opinions. Um, but, but yeah, go on. About, your, about the first. Um, I was like kind of along for the ride. I wasn't like super about it, but I also wasn't like hating it. I mean, like it was funny sometimes, but like I was not expecting it to turn the way it did. Yeah, I, I think, like, the difference is, I feel like you were probably like, are we going to have to deal with this level of intentional quirkiness for the rest of the and movie? It, and I was like, oh, my God, can you at least be quirky in an original manner? It turns on a yeah. dime, too. It really, it it really, really does. does. It totally is a different... I it, was, like, fine with the way the first 10 minutes were, were going. Like, I would have... Sorry to interrupt. I didn't mean to. No, you're good. Um, but... Like, I was fine with it, and I would have sat through the whole movie like that and, like, probably still enjoyed it because I like kind of, like, I like Family Guy. Like, I like the kind of, <laughs> like, obvious humor. I'm fine with that. I can find enjoyment out of it. 
I was not expecting the switch like that. Like, I genuinely thought they would have spent more time at the camp and everything. I thought it was a good switch, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think it kind of works for it. Yeah. That trailer, it's it's out of nowhere, too, because the trailer <laughs> makes it seem like it's like going to be them at camp for that, a lot longer. Yeah, that trailer, mm-hmm. it, it gives away things while also giving nothing away. Like, mm-hmm. you you know about the girl in the house if you've seen the trailer. But you also think that this movie is going to take place mainly at a summer camp, and it's literally, it does not at all. Like, yeah. two yeah. seconds at the summer camp, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm... I still don't love those first 10 minutes. Um, I think that they could have been better for sure. But, like, I I think that that shift works for the movie. That movie, I mean, it's just that those first 10 minutes, when you rewatch it, they're even funnier because you yeah. just know where it's going. Yeah. They're, like, the they're the ones that are going for the laughs for sure. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I definitely liked it better that second time around that I saw it because, like, I knew where it was going and I was able to sort of appreciate those, the, that beginning more. But I think like the, the shift which occurs when he basically blows himself up with a grenade is like so good. <laughs> just so good. Um, it shouldn't be funny, but it is. So and that's funny. like the whole thing about this movie. Like it shouldn't be funny, but it Not, is. Funny. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is a horrible period in, in history. But I think they get away with a lot of these jokes because it's at the detriment of Nazis. Not yeah. And they manage to like Nazis. make it light. Right, mm-hmm. and like I think it also gets away with a lot because it's from the viewpoint of a kid. Definitely. Yeah. So like, I mean, there's definitely some of that, but I I think also just like the comedy in general is just like, like there, there's so much intentionally put in there to be like, we're gonna make a joke that seems like it's at like the expense of a Jew, but actually it's clearly being given by an absolute right. moron, even with the adults. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone yeah. just looks like an idiot, and yeah, so like that that. But that moment where it shifts, it's like it, you're shifting away from, you know, childlike summer camp into Jojo now has to, like, be in the real world and, like, his actions are, are having consequences now. And, like, and he's, I, th- and I think that's he's really like, interesting. He's covered in, like, battle scars, like, from the bomb. Yeah, like, he, yeah. he's got, like, messed up and ankles a and, and a limp. And it, it also shows, like, they use that bit of that character to show, like, how shallow these Nazis are. Because mm-hmm. every single one of them talks about how horribly horrific and disfigured this kid is. And the only character yeah. that treats him nicely, regardless of his Frankenstein-ish face, which obviously isn't that over the top. Is <laughs> yeah, his, it's actually, it's not that bad, actually. It's, yeah, it's really not. his mother and, the of course, the, um oh my god, the girl on the wall. What's her name again? I always uh, forget. Uh, Elsa? Elsa. Elsa? I don't know if it's Ilsa or Elsa because it's hard to tell, but she treats they she, pronounce it Elsa. Yeah, I think it is Elsa. Um, but she treats him also well regardless. So Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, indicative of how those people are in the past as well. So for the people who get all up in arms about this movie being offensive, like come on, let's it's be real. Not. The director is like half Jewish and clearly this is this is a satire to make fun of Nazi Germany, not to make fun of Jews. So yeah. or whoever would be affected by this. So yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not Jewish, so, like, I don't get to say really, you know, definitively what's, I mean, and nobody does, but what's, like, offensive, but I, yeah, I didn't take any of the jokes of this movie being at the the expense of, like, marginalized people. I took it as a satire about hate and about fanaticism. And, like, and I think that it, and I said this before, but I think that it's, like, actually really present in that way. Definitely. It's it's a very current movie. 
Yeah, and I mean, just like there's there's a scene where um, Jojo is eating dinner with his mother, who um, who he doesn't know this, but is you know work actively working against the Nazis. But he also knows that she does not care for Hitler, and she wants the war to end, and she wants Germany to lose the war because she loves her country, and um. And, like, they're having this very heated, tense, like, dinner table argument. And I like, feel like that's something that happens at dinner tables everywhere today because, like, something's going on. Upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like, because that that's what, because our political climate is so, sorry, I got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, because there are these, you know, cult-like, larger-than-life figures at the center of our political climate right now. Hold on, what's going on? Pause. Yeah, pause it. Yeah, um, we are back. Sorry for the break yeah. pause. We just had some other Yeah, we found um, some, there's some creepypasta stuff happening on the steps, but we're all good. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rabbit. Okay, so another thing I wanted to talk about with this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> Scarlett Johansson. Oh boy, she was my so girl. Oh my god, what a performance! Like legitimately, she really did it to him. oh my gosh, dude, everything that she did was so intentional and so mm-hmm. like just perfect. And she had, as a result of like us, everybody, the audience loving her, she had the most emotionally resonant moment in the whole film that Ooh. made my the entire audience gasp. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I definitely cried a little. Like I was just shook. So, um, we'll get into that. Uh, but the, another thing I wanted to talk about was essentially like right after, like you, she's introduced into the film in a kind of weird moment, like right after he's, you know, gotten blown up, mm-hmm. you see like a blur of her and like somehow, I don't know how Franny knew, but Franny's like, Oh my God, that's Scarlett Johansson. I was like, how do you know who that I is? Know her. It was literally like a blur. Like, and she did not check the cast list. She would never do that. She could no. not care less. So when she saw it was her, she was like instantly sold on it. And then this character, after he gets blown up, goes down to like the registration Nazi office thing. Right. Filled with clones, by the way, which that joke for me does not land. Um, but a lot <laughs> of people like that joke. There's like a bunch of like Nazi clones in the corner. I was like, that kind of takes me out of it a little bit, but whatever. Um, but then you see her like basically whip the shit out of Sam Rockwell's character. Yeah. And it's, it's just like a good moment of like, okay. Right away, we have, we're with this character for only a few minutes where she's in the house and then she's at this office. We don't really know that much yet, but we know everything we need to know because she just perfectly portrays, like, I'm a, she's the strong character who does what she believes in. And right. Like, oh, go ahead. She's, like, the embodiment of, like, like what a mother should be. Like, yeah, in that moment. Like, yeah. coming in and being like, why the fuck did you let my kid get hurt, you know? Yeah, and like and like she loves her son and she and she says like she loves her country. And I don't know, yeah, like that was like she was I really liked her character because you know, she has a slide when when she and Jojo see all the people that are sort of like hanging in the town square for um working against the Nazis and he asks her like what did what did they do and she says what they did what they could. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I don't know, I just really like that idea of like her doing what she could do and like doing what she could do as a mother and yeah. as a yeah. like there's so many fantastical like characters in this yeah. like that are over the top and are supposed to be 
She is sometimes, but also she's just so grounding for the story. Like, yeah. she keeps reminding us that no matter how annoying JoJo can get and how much of a fuck he can be, that he is a little kid. Yeah, like, because you see their interactions. And yeah. it's and it's like really mm-hmm. interesting to watch her deal with something that I think, like I keep talking about how rude it's very and present. Present, this is. yes. Um, like I think I think it's like really interesting to see her deal with something that a lot of people deal with, where like you see the person that you love become a fanatic, become a person who who believes in something that they don't even really understand. And like, and how do you grapple with with the person that they are, and the person, and the person that they're acting like right now? And she says, like, you know, my son is a fanatic. Like, I miss the kid that he used to be. And like, she, I think she has the presence of mind to know that it's a phase too. Like, yeah. it's like it's yeah. like if a kid's mm-hmm. obsessed with the Power Rangers, like, okay, that's not gonna last forever, or at least like hopefully not. Um, <laughs> you do see it, but uh, I think she realized that he doesn't even presently understand. Yeah. What it means to be a Nazi, and um, but yet she knows that he's a kid, and she's just not going to crush his entire spirit. No. So she kind of lets him, not necessarily encourages, but lets him live in that world. And I mean, it's also for his safety too, because yeah, you know, if if people knew about her, and when they do find out about her, you know, he gets put at risk. Especially yeah. like it kind of helps cover her like her business by like having a son who's. So involved. Yeah, because clearly, I mean, we learn later that th- this father that's off to war isn't actually off to war on the side of the Germans. It's, it's, or on the Nazis, actually. It's clearly some sort of like rebellion kind of thing. And it yeah. feels mm-hmm. like it's like not openly known, but kind of hinted at that like people might know because of some of the interactions that like other kids have with him at yeah, camp. Yeah, at, at the camp, yeah, I, I remember they yeah, called like him they a coward. Yeah, like they said that his father is like a deserter. Yeah, so yeah. like th- his family's already kind of being watched. Right. So it kind of helps that like he is so involved and like goes to the camp and like does what he can in his mind no. for <laughs> for his buddy Hitler. Did I miss something in regards to what happened to his sister? Or is it just um, not expressed She just film? She, I think she just got sick and died. Yeah, yeah that's sort of what no, I. No, she died from an explosion, from an explosion because of the war. Was that what How it was? Do you yes, say that? yes, they said it. They said it. When did they she say that? She died. I don't. I don't remember this either. During the war, I remember them saying that. I don't remember that personally, but it could be true. But we're gonna I go mean, ahead and put an asterisk next to that. It's Franny's pretty true. Sure. I am. Passionate I think about that she this. like yeah I think that she died before the events of the movie I think that like there's something um there's something that JoJo says um in the beginning of the movie after he gets injured and and Scarlett Johansson's character says like you know Mama Lion is here to to take care of you to take oh. care of her little cub and he says stop it I'm gonna cry I know exactly what you're oh talking I know about. and he says what about um what's his sister's name. Elsa. Inga. Inga. Inga Lion. Inga? Oh, yeah, Elsa sorry. is the name of the girl who's living in the house. And he says, what about Inga Lion? Or something like that. I, I, do, <laughs> like, I, I, I literally almost cried when I, I saw that part again. Club. That was so intense. I fact-checked myself. I was wrong. I was right the first time, though. She, she died sick. of influenza. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> they said something about, like, an explosion, and she died. But... Yeah, guess I, I was fucking wrong. I'd say that that's like one of my only issues is that that was so rolled over. I wish I would have heard a little something more about it. 
Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. pinpoint the moment in the film where that was said. It probably it could have been. I just for me there was there's such like the storytelling is just so on point with this film that for me I was like okay how do we roll over that big yeah thing? I mean yeah, for me it was true. clear that the sister was had had died yeah but, we like, all knew it wasn't that she clear died. how yeah exactly um, which you know maybe that wasn't important for the story but it's like well, it's kind of important because the death of a child seems like it's a big deal so even in that time so I was like uh, how does she die right and I mean and I think that it it definitely contributes to like. Jojo's susceptibility to this sort of ideology because, you know, in in a very short period of time, he's lost his big sister. He's lost his father because he's well, away. He, he's not certain he's lost his father. Well, but. no, but I mean, he doesn't have him in his life right that, at that but, moment. Yeah. But like, in he's his lost head, him he's in, kinda, in a way that he's gone. But in his head, he's kind of idolizing his father because in his head, his father is serving yeah. Hitler. I mean, we yeah, we so all I mean, remember right? the scene where he's like, I wish dad was here. And Scarlett Johansson's character yeah. just goes oh fucking God. insane. That's it's incredible. It's a great scene. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, and he's, you know, his his authority figure, his father is not there. And his sister, who, you know, is an older sort of parental figure, not parental, but like an older, like sort of caretaker figure probably is not there. And then his mom now has to support this whole family. Yeah. And so she's not really there either. Like, you see him what does taking she do care for of work? a lot of things. It's not clear. Exactly. Um, like, does she do for work? I love, I, I love and hate that about the movie where it's it's so, like, it just, it really gives you the absolute most important information. And it's just like, just fill in the rest. It, it trusts us as an audience to fill in everything ourselves. Well, and it kind of gives you, like, a child's perspective, That's too. That's what I was going to say. You know, JoJo's yeah. really young. He probably doesn't really know what his mom does all day. He just knows that she goes and does her thing. Fun fact, though. I think it's, she's working with the rebellion. I think that's oh, no, what she, she definitely, does. Oh, no, she definitely is. I think that's what yeah. her job is. Like, I think that's what she is doing all day. And yeah. his lack of knowledge is maybe to protect him of that. Yeah. 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 I but mean, I don't see true. how that keeps the lights on, but, like... As a kid, you don't understand what your parents do, really. And, like, it's yeah. kind of cool seeing, like, the world. And, like, I like that, like, you don't really hear too much about his sister's death because like as a kid like he probably really doesn't understand it too much he just knows his sister's not there anymore yeah he understands death but like he's not gonna think all the time about how she died so let, let's talk about the one of the pinnacle moments of the film and that's when he hears something in his house and he goes upstairs and he notices that there's like a scrapish thing on the floor I don't, I don't remember exactly how he noticed maybe mm-hmm. the panel wasn't fully in the wall but he opens a panel in his sister's room and he finds Elsa. the Elsa character. And I love the way this is shot. It is so reminiscent of like a horror movie or like Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. It's such a mm-hmm. fun way to shoot that scene because you kind of like, from your perspective, you know what this is. Yeah, like But you for know Jojo, what's he's like, there's something in my fucking wall right now. <laughs> and he's so scared and it's so funny. And uh, I, I love the way that that part was shot because it really, it, it cemented like how he also sees Jewish people in general. Yeah, and like I, he's like it's a fucking war- warlock mage fucking crazy monster thing, and I, I loved that reaction. And yeah. I loved the the character of Elsa a lot. Like, I mean, she gets maybe what's the best line in the movie where she says, "There are no weak Jews." Yeah, and, I, and like, and just like the way she's like so beyond her years as far as like a character. Yeah, she, and that I, I love mean, that about the character yeah. because you know that in those situations people have to grow up real fast, and she 
really delivers some of the most profound dialogue throughout the whole movie. Not even just that line, but just, you know, yeah. when she talks about like, you know, how strong Jews are and everything with the, the whole Nazi propaganda and how she mentions like, you're not a Nazi. You're a boy with a, in a costume. Fanatic, yeah, in a costume. Yeah. And then at a later point, just like Nazi, she reiterates it in a moment of being hurt. She reiterates what Jojo said and says, you know, Nazis and Jews can't be friends. But she clearly says that from a place of being hurt, not from yeah. reality. And just like like the the compassion that she's able to show to Jojo is like I don't know, it's it's really it's really profound and then like and and she gets in equal parts that compassion and that anger with him and like and I think it's a good thing that she doesn't just have to be accepting of him. Because I think that would yeah. be kind of shitty, like, oh, like so she just has to teach him how to be a better person. I don't think that she does that. I think that that's something that he is figuring out on his own. And you can tell that, like, um, maybe not at first, but later in the movie, he really just wants, like, her admiration. Like, he's just, like, he finds her to be so cool and interesting and he likes her. So he does this thing where he, like, writes those, he finds those fake notes that oh, were written yeah. from her um, yeah. husband or fiancé. I can't remember which one. Fiancé. And um, also just, like, you know, there's a scene earlier where, the mother's describing to Jojo what love feels like, and it's like you know your stomach's full of butterflies, and there, there's quite a literal. I love shot. that, and shot that was so, so good. And it was it was cut in it was cross cut ooh, ooh. with um the scene of her looking at the the picture of the tiger, the painting of the tri- tiger, which in an earlier scene, Scarlett Johansson's like you should go out there and like live a life and be like a woman and experience everything, and like a part of it's like staring a tiger in the eye or whatever, and lists all all this crazy shit. It was really good. I mean yeah. that that that, cro- mm-hmm. that scene in general, which which is right before like a really serious scene when the Gustavo arrives, it's like yeah, it's it's so awesome to show like in that moment for sure we all know now that they are friends and he loves her like a sister or maybe you know obviously in his head like a wife but yeah, yeah. but like that they are that they are having they this... care about each other deeply. Right at that moment, she has to hide and he has to help her, and that's the that's really a character moment for him. Where yeah. maybe two scenes earlier he wouldn't have done that, but now he will. Yeah, and just like the brilliance and the maturity that followed with like the way they, at least attempted to cover up her being there and like mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell's character came in clutch. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> just that the suspense you felt in that scene was crazy, and like just like her whole safety relying on it, this ten year old. It's one being of the best scenes in the movie. Actor. And Bridget wouldn't know that. I was going to say, you know who oh. doesn't know anything about that? <laughs> oh, no. Bridget, because that's when she was asleep. Stephen Merchant <laughs> killed it. He was so funny and so hateable. I loved his character. And Bridget was sleeping. She sure was. I was trying really hard to stay awake. And it's like the one of the best part. I mean, it might actually be my favorite scene. It's top two for sure. Next to... Oh, no, go ahead. I was, was going to say, I like also how much of that book that... He's writing, you get to see in that scene. Oh my scene. God, yeah. I know. I thought and then that you, was funny. You see how he like is jealous of this fiance, so he's drawing him in all these really compromising yeah. oh, positions. Yeah. On the second watch, like the see like the drawing of I don't know if, I don't know if you see that in that moment or not, but like you see the drawing of him and his mom on the bikes at some point. And that like Yeah, I think that that's hurt in your there. fucking heart. That dude. was that was But tough. yeah, Bridget was asleep during that part. So she No, no, that was after sleep. the fact. This was No, I'm just I'm talking just talking in general. Oh, yeah. Um, God damn it, Bridget! Not good. It's okay. I, I feel like it. you haven't you haven't said a whole whole lot. So like, 
I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I really liked it as a whole. Yeah. Well, not as a whole, technically. You, know, <laughs> you liked whole. it as the, 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 you, the... You liked it as the portion you saw. I liked it as she, the... She saw most of it. I want to be fair to Bridget. She wasn't asleep that long, but she did fall asleep. It's going to be like five minutes of that. And and what a five minutes they were, Bridget. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. She's yeah. like real well, tension now. She's like, oh, God. What have I done? Yeah, I mean, but no, I think that, like, despite being asleep, Bridget was, like, very emotionally affected. I really was. I believe I... I did tear up a little bit, even though, so I thought for a minute that I had missed something while I was asleep, that I had missed something, yeah. um, that, because, like, right after that is when we find out that his mom dies. Wow. Okay. Yeah, oh, my like, God, yeah. Let's get into right. that part. That is and really right after, yeah. Because yeah. the mom never knows that JoJo found Elsa, yeah. and that he um, was becoming like this like we, we are missing human we are missing a moment though so before we get into that which by the way oh my god that scene but um in a scene before that you see jojo and the other like nazi kids are walking around these robot costumes asking for like metal and spare parts and during that time or money during that time you actually see scarlett johansson's character lay down like a note like a, mm, basically one of yeah. these rebellion notes now I have the theory that if he hadn't have picked up the note and drawn attention to it, that she might have not been killed. Yeah, so pretty much Which what, is super ouch. tragic. What you see is Scarlett Johansson's character is walking and like she drops this note and like she does it so casually and like clearly trying to hide it and she doesn't see that Jojo's there because he's with all the other Nazi kids and he like waits until his mom walks away and then goes over and like looks at the note. And that's when you're saying that, like, you have a theory that I, I other people think that seen him it. going over and taking a moment yeah. and reading a note like that made people go, what's he reading? And especially yeah. since he put it right back down. So then they come over, they see it. And then I believe... They probably realized who it was, too, because it was just moments earlier than yeah. she was there, yeah. you know? Um, and, and then we, we cut to a different scene. It's definitely like a colder, like winter kind of time. It definitely isn't as nice as it was in the summer. Anyway, um, he's putting up posters and all that stuff, and then he starts following a butterfly, which obviously earlier in the film it's mentioned, the butterfly, the whole love thing. And then, I don't know if I can even say that. Yeah, you see. It's really fucking emotional, You never, you never see, you know, Scarlett oh, wait, 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 wait. This should be mentioned. Throughout the whole film, there is an emphasis on JoJo being able to tie... A rabbit doing or tie a rabbit to do rabbit to do bunny ears like tie a shoe, yeah. And then also throughout the whole film, there's an emphasis on Scarlett Johansson's nice footwear. Like literally, like so many scenes where it's zoomed in on her feet, either dancing or showing that he's like trying to tie her shoes for her, whatever it may be. It's shown throughout the whole movie, and the whole time I'm sitting in the theater next to Madison, and I'm thinking that's totally gonna be reincorporated. Yeah. I never fucking thought it would be incorporated the way it was, yeah, and I so am affected. Just, yeah, so you just, like, yeah. you just see her shoes, like, hanging. Hanging with the people in, like, the quad area where yeah. all these, um, essentially, like, the... The traitors r- yeah, are, 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 are there. Dead. And the way he grabs his, her, like, legs and, like, held on, I was like, oh. Tried to tie her fucking shoes? I know, because you're also seeing, like finding her and the way she is from his perspective too because he recognized her 
from her shoes. Right. And I mean, at a kid's eye level yeah. too, like you don't, like you would just, you yeah. wouldn't it, immediately look up to see and if it, you would see. But as a kid feet. too, like I bet as like, like toddlers and everything, like, you know, you kind of memorize what your parents look like from the knee down, you know? Yeah. Like know yeah. we go to the right person from the knee down. So it's just kind of like a cool kind of, well, like a heart wrenching perspective to see him finding her like that and recognizing her just from her shoes. And, and it cuts to um, him just laying or sitting on the ground, looking at all these bodies just sitting there. And the following scenes, um, we also get like a funny, like, because it's like so like intense. Mm-hmm. We get like a funny intercut of like <laughs> Hitler eating a unicorn, like eating unicorn meat, which was weird. Yeah. But um, it, it sh- I think we've kind of left this part out that he is constantly talking to his imaginary friend Hitler throughout the whole film. And in a way, like I was kind of saying this earlier, but like Hitler becomes that substitute father figure almost. Yes, absolutely. Which I'm sure happened to a lot of kids in uh, World War Two because like the fathers are away at war, and like you see this man on the TV, and you know that he's the leader, and like. So and you hear feel. all these all these crazy things about him, like, like what he is eats it? unicorn meat, he yeah, doesn't fart. And Bridget Bridget misses the part when she was asleep. But um like the, there's a part where they're like, if you hear that Hitler got one of his balls blown off or something, that's not true. He's got three. Yeah, he's got three testicles. <laughs> and it's like yeah, and so and like, you hear he only has one ball, you're incorrect, he's three. Um And so yeah, and so like, you know Also they, they she he pictures him, which is so like of the time, he pictures him with blue eyes. Yeah. Which is like such a good little like detail they put in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, even though, <laughs> I just love that about Hitler, how he wanted everybody to be blonde hair, blue eyes, but wasn't himself. Oh, that's a sound bite. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I love Hitler. Is essentially I think said. Coolsville sucks. <laughs> no, I just, no, I was just saying, what a fucking hypocrite. But um, I just like the whole Hitler character in this, you know, like, it's just so fucking funny seeing this deplorable human being portrayed by like a child's imagination. And he's just like his rock star. It's hilarious. And so what's really interesting is like in the beginning, he's kind of really goofy and like, he's like, you know, he's like a friend to Jojo. Yeah. He's like, come on, man. Like you got this. Then it gets fucking crazy. And then, and then, yeah. yeah, And then as he starts to learn more and starts to like see the world for what it really is, he gets a lot like more authoritarian and he gets a lot more angry. I, I just and, love like, when he starts to hang out with Elsa, he's like, what are you doing with her? You know? I love the scene where he comes down to the room and Hitler's in the bed waiting for him. Yeah. He's like, I keep my bed warm for my friends. It's like, Cause oh that's my God. what friends do. That's what friends do. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And, I like, yeah. And he's like, I don't want to make it weird between us. Is it weird? I made it weird. Yeah. It, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean it should, this should, this should never be weird. I like towards the end when um, Hitler starts to notice that Jojo kind of like is following him less and kind of like realizing that Jews aren't these scary monsters. And you just see like Hitler like freak the fuck out. And it's just kind of him like losing that part of himself, you know, and like letting that self go. And, and then I do want to talk about um, we can get a little bit out of order but the scene after he finds out that Hitler shot himself and then the imaginary oh, Hitler yeah. has the bullet in his head yeah, and he's so over the top and fucking terrifying and like exactly what Hitler really was which was like this weak just evil 
fuck. And you get that from the scene. And then JoJo, because in an earlier scene, you see him jump out of the window very much like ridiculous com- com- comedy style, like just like mm-hmm. a freelance jump out the window. JoJo kicks his ass out the window. He just goes yes, flying. Yes, amazing. He yeets mm-hmm. out that window like Candyman, dude. He's like, <laughs> oh my God. Like Candyman. Candyman? Have you ever seen Candyman before? There's just a scene where he's like going in like an office and he just like jumps straight out. It's so ridiculous. I haven't seen Candyman. But yeah, like, and I think it's, it's like a message about like how, um, you know, the, the figures that we're looking up to, these like, these figures of power with this like sort of cult following around them, like the image of them in your head is not real. And as you start to learn more, they become more yeah. real. And then and, also like, you start to see them for what they really are when you start to interact with like actual human beings and understand people's lived experiences. In Madison fashion, by the way, uh, this movie's gay rights. <laughs> is, is it, it though? It's a, it is. Is a movie about Nazi love really gay rights? Makes you think. I mean, there, there's two characters that love each other dearly in the film that are I mean, both yeah. male. I mean, they, they're also Nazis. So oh, I'm re- yeah. I'm reluctant to give them gay, gay rights. See, but but that's they my both thing about, up, like, gay rights and... No, no, these characters both end up redeeming themselves. They yeah, do. They do redeem definitely. themselves. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they do. And and I think that's that's sort of an interesting like, Rebel thing. Wilson's character does not redeem herself no, no, at no. all. No. I think that's, that's an interesting thing, though, is, like... It sort of goes to show that there are people who who are in what? Someone just breathed so heavy. It was Bridget. I yawned. <sighs> None of that here. <laughs> I yawned. I tried to put my I put my head down. So you, it's ASMR. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think like our it, next podcast is it's just ASMR. ASMR. We've tricked you all. It's into just following us tickling fruit for an hour. <laughs> that'd be um, good. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but. Yeah, I think it's sort of it's sort of like an interesting thing how like there are people who find themselves following this ideology that don't really believe in it and that get jaded with it and like that that those people who don't really believe are can be redeemable and can be uh, yeah that they can be redeemable but I'm also reluctant to call them redeemed. Because I mean, because they have their the, the that moment where you know Sam Rockwell's character has that moment where he saves JoJo's life, but he has to give his life to do that, and I think that's kind of important. Is saying that like, not not every Nazi is redeemable, nor should they be, but like you you do, there are times when you have choices to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, there's that Terrence Malick film coming out this year. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's all about a guy who who's basically being recruited by the Nazis, and he's like this really great dude, and he refuses to do it. So um, I guess from that standpoint of people being like, there's always a choice. You didn't have to be a Nazi. I think that's true. I think that, you know, if you really stand by your principles, you're willing to die to yeah. not be a horrible person. But I think that that character of Sam Rockwell in the film, I think that he was a good thing in Jojo's life mm-hmm. in the sense that yeah everybody's all like totally crazy and in this essentially this cult mm-hmm. but he still saved a girl for no reason at all mm-hmm. in the house and then he gave his own life for a kid that essentially ruined his ranking I mean ruined a lot for him Oh yeah, because the whole for reason Joe. he's yeah. now not I mean granted he had lost his eye before but he was he was running a camp which is a lot more 
I guess, is this distinguished than what he was doing at the end, and even then he didn't have any real hatred for JoJo. Well, I think he could also realize that like they were just kids. Yeah. And that's a lot of like what Nazis didn't realize, you know, like treated these kids as adults, which you yeah. see with like his loved- friend literally getting sent off to war and I- like handed machine guns right. and, 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 and a paper suit. A paper yeah. fucking suit. Yeah. That was so good. But yeah, and I think his character goes to show that like you always have choices. And that when you see other people make those choices. It's not a great time to be a Nazi. It is not. It empowers you to make (laughs) them too. Um, Yeah. And I think he was, I think he was a really interesting character and I would, I would be interested to know like how other people took that character. So I I wonder if he's going to comment. I wonder if he's going to get nominated for best supporting and whether it will be for this or Richard Jewell. Because both of them are really great. I haven't seen Richard Jewell yet, so I, I can't say, but I mean, I did like him a lot in this movie. I liked this. I liked that character. Definitely. How did mm-hmm. you feel about him, Bridget? I really liked him. I thought he was funny. Yeah, I mean, and he was definitely a comedic relief character. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what character the... wasn't a comedic relief character? True. When he takes like that jacket or the. I was going to say when he takes one bite of an apple and chucks it. That's like the the most redeeming moment of those first ten minutes. Is he just takes a bite of an apple and then throws it? It and is I so. Loved it. it is so Wes Anderson. It is, but mm-hmm. I kind of loved it a little bit. Um, I just thought, like, you know what? Who doesn't love being gay and dramatic? <laughs> Correct. What? <laughs> That's such a random statement, but okay. No, I mean, when he's got the big, like, sequin... Oh, you're talking about the, the costume. Yeah, the costume. Yeah, I mean, the moment gay where and dramatic. S- the moment where you see it come to fruition, the costume he drew out, yeah. is one of the most fuck-yeah moments of the movie. And it's so funny because you really you want him to lose, but it's still like holy shit, he's in the costume. He's got that weird like trumpet thing. This is fucking amazing. And then he gets his shit rocked, of course. Yeah. Right. And I mean, yeah, and it goes just goes to show like sort of like how he's not really in it. You know, he doesn't really care about the war. He's just doing what he does. And I think that it, the movie says like that there are those are the people that can that you can get through to in a way. Definitely. Yeah, and I think those are the people that can sometimes, like you said, get through to, and like they can make small changes potentially. Yeah. And you know, there's another moment things better where um, this is after because obviously, shocker, Nazis don't win the war. The big shock. I know. Spoilers. Um, oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the end of World War Two. If you haven't gotten there yet, <laughs> guys, it's it's a crazy one. Definitely check it out. Um, anyway, so there's a, there's a point where obviously like, you know, as we said, Sam Rockwell's character gives his life and then Jojo goes back to his house and Elsa stone, it, you know, hiding cause she doesn't know what's going on with the war. And it's very much like the, you can relate cause this, this kid thinks that everyone in his life is gone and he, th- and he's under the impression that he was, he's such a horrible person. He was a Nazi that if he tells this girl on the wall, the only person he has in his whole life, that the war is over, that she'll leave him. And it's kind of like a kid realizing for the first time that, like, he can't be selfish. Yeah. Later yeah. in the scene where he says at first, like, it's the, you lost the war, like, Germany won. Um, she's, of course, like, super upset. And then at a later scene, he writes another one of those fake notes. Yeah. Essentially saying, like, you can, you know, um, I, 
I didn't really, you know, get off with this other because at one point he wrote this note saying I'm fat and with another lady now. He goes, I want, I take all that back. You should come with me and JoJo will be fine. It's oh my god, it's fucking heart wrenching. I want to yeah. cry when I saw it. Yeah. And um. And you find out too that the fiance's dead. It right? was the whole time. That's yeah, dead yeah. the whole time. Knew, but like, I, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a. I I didn't. I think know. if you didn't know that she was aware of the fact that the notes were fake, you actually weren't watching. The movie. I was aware of the yeah. fact that no, she knew the she notes knew, but, were yeah, fake. I kind of got the sense that the fiance was not. He was dead. But I I just kind of drew that conclusion. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if she knew for a fact he was dead or if yeah. you know it was un- yeah. if fully she knew obviously the whole thing um and then you know she, she he's like let's go out there and let's do all this and th- there's a great callback moment before they walk outside where earlier in the film scarlett johansson's character was like oh hey he, he asked her like is it dangerous out there and she goes very and then the same little moment happens with him and elsa where she goes is it dangerous out there and, and he uh, to be ironic he says very but then you walk outside and it's all Americanized. There's dudes driving around with American flags on their motorcycles. Yeah. There's people listening to like Italian and Jewish music on the streets. There's everybody. Yeah. And, and um, the, another like callback that I really liked is in the like one of the first shots in the movie you see Jojo and he's talking to himself in, in the mirror and he's like, you know, you're, you're, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and he's talking to himself in the mirror and he's like, you know, Jojo Bexler, you're 10 years old. You're, a, you're. Today's your first day of like being a Nazi, something, something to that effect. And he's like, "Today you're gonna crush it. You're gonna do the shit." And then, was that a true quote? Yeah. And then, um, in in that last scene, sorry, my stomach just growled. I thought I was audible. Um, but anyway, in the last, in that, in that scene before they go outside, he says like, "Jojo Bexler, you're ten and a half years old, and today you just do what you can." And, like, that calls back to that first moment and to what his mother said, which yes. is, like, they did what they could. It's and really, I was like, really good, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking, yeah, you just do what you can, bitch. Yeah. And uh, they get outside. And obviously, um, the war's over. War's over. Uh, Elsa gives him a big old f- f- slapperoni across the which face. Which he earned. Absolutely. Yeah, I deserve that. Um, and then in the whole film, I mean, this was very Wes Anderson for me, but I still really loved this. The whole film, they keep. There's this this beating wrench of like, what are you gonna do when you're free? What do people do when they're free? And it was dance. So to all this music that was out there, they just start dancing. And and like there are times when Scarlett Johansson's character dances, um, when she's pretending to be his father, she dances. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in the park together, she tells him that like we have to dance. Yep, like all dance. we can all we can do is dance. And like. And then when, when they get out, like, they dance. And that's the end of the movie. And, um, and boy, if that shit didn't make me cry twice. There's that, there's Same. obviously, I can't remember what the song is, but there was a great German cover of, like, a song. I, Heroes? Yeah. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. So good. I was, like, ready to cry. Really. Yeah. It was um, so amazing. And, like. That was a good choice. And, yeah, and I think that there's sort of, like, an undercurrent through this movie of, like, optimism. And saying that, like, even though things are terrible and you know, and, you know, things things seem like they're never going to get better and things seem like they're the worst that they'll ever be. Like, there's still hope and there's still reason to find joy and, like, you can still, and you can still love and you can still live your life and, like, and it's really hard and obviously not everybody gets to do that, but there's there's still joy and you, and, and you have to have hope and you have to live on knowing that you're doing what you can and knowing that someday... 
that those efforts will pay off no matter what the cost is. And like, boy, that really did it for me, dog. Yeah, we were, <laughs> I remember after we saw the movie, we literally like came back to my house and we talked about it to the point where you were late for work because we were talking for so long. Oh, you're right. I was. And uh, it's because we loved it so much. And instantly it was like, okay, we have to show this to everybody we care about. So like, as soon as we like got done with it, it's like, you're going to the movie with me. We're going to go see it again. Yeah, and me and saw it. And, and um, fell asleep. The I'm second, sorry. The second <laughs> time playing. I saw it, it really cemented to me that it was, as of right now, as we're sitting here, it's my favorite movie of the year. Indisputably. It is is one of my favorites this year. I'm having a hard time picking a favorite this year. Because the movies movies this year are so fucking good, y'all. I can't can't emphasize enough. Just see everything right now. Yeah, I mean, like, the last few movies we've done are probably, like, the contenders for the the top spots. Except for Marriage Story. But, like, Honey Boy is a top movie. And I know, I feel like a lot of people didn't see Honey Boy. But this is It's been getting more popular with its re-release. But this is me telling you right now to just please see Honey Boy. I beg you. But don't see Lighthouse. It's a waste of time and money. Don't see Marriage Story. I'm just playing that. Marriage Story is on the bed. (laughs) Me and Um, Madison are going to... Fight physically. We'll be right back. That's going to be our Patreon. I was going to say, if you subscribe to our Patreon, we'll post a video of me and Franny just beating the shit out of each other. Fucking throwing down, going So, like, if that's what you're into. Oh, my gosh. I mean, people pay for that kind of thing. I know. People do pay for that content. Two hot women just fighting. Heck, yeah. Um, Alrighty. Um, But, yeah, I mean, but Honey Boy, Lighthouse, and Jojo Rabbit are, like, you know... On, depending on what day you might ask me, are my favorite of the of the year. So, um, let's go ahead and do ratings. You want to start, Franny? Yeah. Um, I really liked this one, but I'm kind of a sucker for anything with Scarlett Johansson in it. <laughs> As you can tell, I literally knew it was her by just like seeing a blur. Um, so I would give this one like at least like a eight point five. Out of ten, it was really fucking good. Maybe even like yeah, I no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with that eight point five. I really liked it. Who wants to go next? Um, I can go next. I, mm, it's really hard. Like, it's really hard for me to sort of rank this movie because I'm also thinking about how I've ranked other movies, but. I don't know. It's hard for me. Like, just because I... Just because I ranked this one differently than maybe I ranked Lighthouse doesn't mean that I didn't like them the same. Like, I don't know. Her grading is just fully just bullshit at this point. It doesn't mean it anything. It isn't. It means it's, nothing. Just because nothing. I don't have categories. So, basically, like, the way that I do it is, like... Is I, the, way, the reason that I grade it because I'm, is because I'm looking at it as how well everything works together. Um, as a whole unit. So, like, I look at it like I'm grading a paper. Like, all these elements are important, but none of them are more important, and they all have to come together cohesively in order for it to work. So, I, that's why I don't do a number scale. That's why I do a grade, um, because that's a system that makes sense to me. So, and because she likes to be difficult. I yeah. do like to be difficult, and I like to be different, because I'm fun and cute and quirky. Um, just Hell like yeah. Just like a Wes Anderson movie, baby. <laughs> I'm just playing. That sounded awful. So, the grade... So the grade, um, I would go ahead and give this like an A minus leaning into A territory. Okay. That's because, about what I expected. Yeah. Because I mean, there, I like this movie a lot. And again, like this is like vying for the, my favorite of the year at this moment. Um, but sort of like, 
those first 10 minutes didn't like them and then there are just some like weird tone things that I that I kind of had issue with but um I overall I really really like this movie and there's not a lot that I didn't like about this movie Bridget um so I from what I saw <laughs> jo, don't be like that she saw most of the movie yeah, we're just giving you a hard time dude we're just I know I was I was just playing back um but I really thought maybe like an 8.5 I agree with Fanny Fran- oh my goodness with Fanny <laughs> Wow! Sorry. Wow! <laughs> I'm really bad. I names. gave you meat and cheese today, and you're gonna forget my name. What's that a euphemism for? <laughs> <laughs> you got my meat and cheese today. You'll just have to wait and see. Ooh, ooh! Patreon so, content. Anyway, <laughs> always. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie a nine out of ten. Wow. Oh, yeah, you liking something? I know. I'm really, I'm, I mean, the only thing that really holds it back for me from getting a perfect 10 is, it's the same thing that you said, is there's some tonal issues. And it feels like, um, even though they're really, like, I, I like the fact that they're picky with what information they give. I just feel like there were some points where it's like, you could easily be confused after the film, like for any was, because the points weren't that direct. Yeah, you wanted to know yeah. a little more. Also, I just feel like there wasn't enough of the Archie Yates character. I know. I, I just want, I want to watch a movie about him. that kid. I would watch a, mo- a buddy comedy of those two. Like, if you want to make that sequel, that'd be fucking great. Yeah, like, please. I would love that. Um, I think Taika Waititi, if he doesn't get nominated for Best Director this year, that the Academy's full of fuck. I think it's stupid if they don't. Yeah. Because this was such a cool display of, like, his ability and really, like, outshined his other movies. Like, I love Boy. I love Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I, I love a lot of his movies. This is his master class. Yeah, I mean, this is something a little different, a little bit different for him, and it's, like, something that you can tell that he had a lot of heart in. And, yeah, I just think that his direction was awesome. And I think I think his acting mm-hmm. was awesome, too. And then there's one more important thing to say. It's the best comedy of the year. Yeah. Because comedies, frankly, as of late, have been either really bad or really forgettable. This movie, I think almost before it's an art film, is a comedy because everything is going for a joke or a laugh. Even yeah, even, I mean, the, even the really... serious moments of the film have jokes and laughs in them. Yeah, I mean, it's a satire, and satire should be funny, and it is. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, the Monty Python level of, like, great satire. You know yeah, I mean? and, like, I mean, there may be a couple jokes that didn't quite land, but I think that they're few and far between. Mm-hmm. And for all the ones that didn't quite hit it, like, there are so many other funny moments. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so overall, I think everybody liked it. Yeah, uh, for sure. So what I want to talk about before we jump off of here mm-hmm. is first off, um, thank you for everybody who's been listening. If Heck you yeah. guys want to subscribe, leave a comment, like the video, that'd be awesome. And also, if you guys want to check out, I mean, if you guys want to support us in any way and you feel like we're worth a nickel or a dime, our Patreon is linked in the description. If you don't, that's fine. We're just trying to make this a full-time thing so we can post all the time. And then the other thing is we're going to have some podcasts coming up. And what we're going to do is we're going to tell you guys what they're going to be about so you guys can get out in time to either see the movie, watch it on Disney+, Plus, whatever it may be. So a lot of the films that are coming up, we don't know the exact order, is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, The Irishman, um, a Disney Channel original movie of some sort from Disney+, Plus because we want to have a good laugh. We haven't decided yet, but I will. I'll tweet it when when the day comes. Uh, Parasite, Knives Out, Uncut Gems, and Good Time. And we're definitely doing Uncut Gems and Good Time together. together. We know that to be fact. Mm-hmm. So those are the films you can look uh, look to see. In the meantime, what we're thinking is what What do you think is going to be next? We can't be for sure, but 
Um, I think that we, what did we say? We said probably Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the, and, those and are then the like, and then Uncut Gems right after that, probably. Yeah. So I, I would, that, that is what I would say is the trajectory. Yes. So I would say check those out. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to be caught up, because quite frankly, all of our pods are going to be spoiler heavy. So for the people who listened last time and enjoyed it, and they obviously, um, it went pretty well for us, uh, in the sense that we got way more views on our first video than we, yeah, ever, than we, could. we ever actually thought. So like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thanks for listening yeah, we to feel us. Crazy yeah, thank right you. Now. Yeah. So like, um, and we understand that, you know, that's the algorithm too, but like, like guys, it's, it's so cool. That you guys support us. So really frugal bees. It. Thanks for telling frugal us bees. to improve our if quality. If you leave comments, we'll definitely read them because, uh, we only had two comments on this yeah. last video <laughs> and we are obsessed with frugal's bees. I love the um, comment that said yeah. first. And it was that the was second the one. Second comment. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good one. Keep yeah. that up. I love that. Um, that fuels me. Yeah. <laughs> um, send an email. I check our email account a lot. And mm-hmm. like, if you, if you have, if you have lengthy opinions, and you just need to get them out, or if you just want a pen pail, I'll email you back, dude. Yeah, I, I really will. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Send me a picture of your cat. Also, yeah. the other thing is we're still working on improving our, our pod, um, you know, like equality. So if you're somebody who knows about that stuff and you leave a comment, we'll, we take con- constructive criticism very well. Definitely. We want this to be the best experience for you guys. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. I think we're about to jump off of here. Does anybody have anything so. else to say? Bridget is like wrapped like Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> in A New Hope right now. Yeah, we she's love real, you. She's real fucking cozy. Yeah. I'm just, I'm getting sleepy. She's getting too. sleepy. Sounds just like, like she wasn't Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like both of those two. All right, thanks All right, guys. That's it. Thank you. Later. Thank you. Thank-